Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Excited to have the owner and CEO of Restoring Minds Wellness joining us, Jacqueline Campbell, talking to us today about the work she does as an executive coach for many stressed leaders. She joins us today live on the show. How are you? I'm great. What about you, Jill? I'm doing fantastic. You're based where? Out of Texas, right? Yes, ma'am. I'm in Texas. It's maybe about 30 minutes south of Dallas. Beautiful. How's the weather there today? Actually, it was just hot the other day, and now it's really, you know, it feels like it's going to be spring again. It kind of goes back and forth. But today, is, it's very nice, about 70 degrees. Oh, wow. Well, envious. It feels like 20 here in New York. Well, we're excited to have you and wanted to talk about the work you're doing. It's called, well, RestoringMindsWellness.com is the website. So again, RestoringMindsWellness.com. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I spent a little over a decade in the mental health field, and so I ended up working with a lot of people who suffered from PTSD, that's post-traumatic stress disorder, and then, of course, working on it on my own. Um, Like we covered in the last show, it really broadened my perspective of what entrepreneurs and leaders go through, and the fact that usually what's happening is that their trauma that's been unresolved has been motivating them to, to achieve and succeed and... It ends up, yes, it's a tool and a resource for achievement, but it ends up being, they're just not happy. You know, it's because the trauma is motivating them, and so it doesn't stop because they don't stop to reflect on it, to work on it, so that they can finally find balance because they need to be able to enjoy life, connections, enjoy the money and the success that they've made instead of continuing to drive forward because it ends in burnout. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have that burnout. My goodness. Can I ask about your uh, personal life? You know, how did you get here? Uh, a little bit about what brought you into this life. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like we were talking about in the last show, uh, my early childhood was pretty mm-hmm. difficult, and so I had a lot of things that I needed to work on. Ended up going into the Marine Corps, but that was more of my false, traumatized self, you know, wanting to you know, adore and take down the bad guy. And as I got married and had children, I realized that I, I wanted to be, you know, a little bit more gentle and kinder and less stressed, honestly, instead of trying to prove things to people and myself. Yep. So as I was getting my degree in psychology, I started really working on myself. Mm-hmm. And that led to a passion in, in working with trauma. Well, we appreciate your time here. Excited to have you back. And want to, again, remind listeners to reach out to RestoringMindsWellness.com. Now, what did you have in mind for us today? Well, in the last show, we kind of ended up roughly. That's my fault. I was getting too into the story and didn't look at the time. Um, (laughs) It happens. It'll happen every time. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) Let's recap. No. I'll do better looking at the time, too, so we can work together. But um, the last story, it kind of ended where an executive ended up working with me. But really quick recap, he, um, in his early childhood, his mother was a single mother, you know, trying to do what she could, but ended up getting into a very um, violent relationship. And he, as the oldest son, ended up defending his mother. And so neurologically, what this type of situation does is it creates, neurological defense mechanisms and, and resiliency in the brain. 
And and though trauma is very distraught emotionally, what happens after the trauma depends on how it's integrated into the nervous system. And so for this particular individual, it turns into a great deal of strength and determination. And unfortunately, because this is a good and a bad thing for, for this type of individual, it turned into a savior complex where he felt like he needed to save people. So moving forward in his life, he did get things, you know, taken care of for himself. He did drop out of high school, and he learned to be a very hard worker very quickly, but he still had the savior mentality, so he ended up getting with a woman, and um, the dynamic between their relationship was she needed saving. He came in and saved her, and then throughout the course of their marriage, which, you know, 20, 20, uh, 25 years after that, they're still in that dynamic because he and her, because they that's what brought them together, was their trauma bond. She as a victim, him as a savior. And because they never got out of that, they never got to work through the issues to allow her her own achievement, her own success, and autonomy. And then him, just some downtime to relax. So at home, it really separated the family. And it was right around here that he ended up finding me, and so I was his primary therapist. This was before I moved into coaching. Um, and I ended up, you know, having the pleasure and being very blessed to be able to work with both him and his wife, and we were able to work through this dynamic, but it became very apparent to me that this is a very common dynamic between executives and entrepreneurs who they do have a savior complex, and they're so exhausted but their partners, unfortunately, they're kind of part of it at home. Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I think we have a little bit of a delay. My yeah. apologies. Um, but, okay, I'm here. You. You're here oh, loud and clear. Okay. I heard you the whole time. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> Jacqueline Campbell, RestoringMindsWellness.com. Um, and what else did you want to add to that? Um, you know what, what it would be really important for people, you know, stuck in that dynamic is for them to understand how the brain changes. And and I, I'm sure we see this a lot, but we don't know how to recognize it and then mm-hmm. how to label it on what happens. But feeling actually, it hurts the family dynamic because the family system has to change and get disrupted because it gets equilibrium, right? Like these they get used to dealing with people in a certain way, right? But then yeah. when healing happens, it changes that dynamic and it changes the individual and the relationship. It's because their nervous system is actually changing and neurologically their perspective of themselves and of the world is changing. So their spouses and a lot of times their children need to go through this change with them. So something that would be really important for these individuals to know is that if you're going to go on to the healing journey, if you really want to work on yourself and, and have a good balance in life, both personally and professionally, have your family on board with you and let them know that you're going so that they can do it with you so that you're not needing to let them go because sometimes if family's not on board, that is what ends up happening. Uh, yeah, and for those that don't have the family support, what do you suggest? Well, if they don't have that balance, one, get on board with your family, right? <laughs> and your closest friends, let them know that you're wanting to find balance. Because once, especially the savior complex for these executives, high-achieving professionals, they end up doing less for people. And so they need they need to go tell those individuals, hey, I'm going to be working on myself. I need to stop doing so much for other people and start focusing on me. 
because it gives those individuals a head start just to know that, you know, the money that they normally loan them, the the big extravagant gifts that they usually buy them for for these particular individuals it turns into very expensive gifts. They they, they want to lavish all of the the fancy materialistic things on people it's because they want to enjoy it, but they're constantly giving and giving and giving and that's again contributing to the burnout where they have to keep succeeding and making more money in order to keep giving it away. And this is to all the people they love, but they really need to focus on spending a lot of that money on taking care of themselves because unresolved trauma does turn into physical illness as well. And so they, they need those funds to get massages and, you know, have a good gym that has a sauna in it, you know, go on wellness retreats. Um, unfortunately, like, when they do spend money on this is before they go through the healing transition and the family and friends are on board with them, but when when they spend all this money on other people and all of a sudden, you know, stop and start spending it on themselves, there's this huge uproar that all of a sudden, well, the funds aren't available anymore, so you must not love me. That's not necessarily the case. They just, they want to be able to take care of themselves, too. Well, you know what? And for those people who don't have anyone, that's why we come to you. We can use your advice and your guidance. And that's, you know, what you're... Thank you. See? Yeah, see? Yeah, see full circle here. And that's what you do best. And you're helping and guiding so many. And um, love that you're here to help people learn how to balance. Because not all of us can. It's not easy. And... And the work that you do, I mean, also with the counseling services, what are some of the things that people come to you most? Is it the couples therapy that you you would do most, or what would you say? Well, because I work with leaders, they do have a lot of stress. A lot of that is motivated by childhood traumas. But, you know, even though I specialize in trauma, of course, there is, you know, depression, which is lack of motivation and drive and contentment with life. But at the same time, their relationships do play a huge role in this dynamic, the stress relief when it comes to anxiety. And also, with this particular population, it does turn into anger instead of anxiety. It just shifted a little bit in the body because of the perspective of the brain. But what ends up happening is when they're coming to me, we kind of work on a little bit of all of it because we're balancing their nervous system because they use neurological techniques Mm -hmm. to help their brain find balance and that's helping their body detox these emotional landmines that have a lot of time been following them around since childhood. And we don't want them getting sick because eventually it transforms into that illness. So a lot of it is preventative for, for the medical side. But, um, I'm studying to be a, a naturopathic doctor as well, and so we do incorporate a lot of different facets into their treatment. Perfect. Well, can we remind everyone how we can contact you? Yeah, definitely. My email address is restoringmindcs at gmail.com, or you can call the office at 214-235-9087. Perfect. All right, let's do this. Let's take that quick break here, and when we return, we'll talk more about the work you're doing and how you're helping our listeners Stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back very quickly. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. Thank you. Attracting new customers has been tricky. So we claimed our free business profile on Google. Yeah, now we can accept bookings, list our products, even post updates. Our free business profile helps us stand out and connect with customers on Google. You don't become a 117-year-old automaker in this country by refusing to change. 
The Ford Motor Company does not resist, deny, or ignore change. We pledge to make our most iconic vehicles electric, to use 100% renewable energy across all global manufacturing plants by 2035, to stand for lower greenhouse gas emissions, to stand with Americans and for the planet. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah. It's from Geico. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, Son, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And look at me now. A well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. (laughs) Okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed Geico agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show, RestoringMindsWellness.com. We're bringing holistic wellness together here with our coach, counselor, and all that she does uh, based out of Texas. But uh, you work with those all over um, the United States and Canada, correct? I do, yes, ma'am. That's one of the main reasons why I moved into coaching. Beautiful. Jacqueline Campbell here joining us. Whether you've been affected by trauma, PTSD, uh, she can help with depression, anxiety, couples therapy, mindfulness, Reiki even. She does a lot. So welcome back. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So what else did you want our listeners to learn from you today and uh, pique our interest with? You know, that's a very good question because considering that I, I do work with a lot of leaders, one thing that I've found, um, they just kind of gravitate towards me as individuals who do want to be in leadership roles or they want to own their own business. And so, of course, I still take them. We work on their childhood issues. And what this says is, like we were talking about just a few minutes ago, is that it gives them neurological balance in their brain and it allows them to shift and be healthier individuals emotionally, physically, and then professionally. They, they tend to get promoted faster because when you have a higher consciousness, your nervous system is balanced. When there's a lot of stress, you do stay calm. You do keep clarity. And so they end up being the person in the office, or if they've decided to go out on their own and create a business, to be able to maintain that calm within the storm, that unfortunately that blocks a lot of people from achieving their goals. So um, another you know, tidbit of advice, if anybody does want to get promoted, they do want to be an entrepreneur or an executive one day to be able to really work on those childhood issues to get them out of the way so that they don't block you. Yep. And speaking of blocks, right, some people, um, you know, if you say you can't move on, whether it's in work or relationship, there's like these childhood blocks that are upon us. Is that stuff that you can help with? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually glad that you, you did specify that, you know, we have childhood blocks. If you never talk to anybody maybe 35, 40 years old, and something triggers them, and you can tell that they're upset, but they actually act like a child. Have you ever experienced that? Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are neurological blocks. Think about it like the body is this, um, it's this vortex of energy, right? And so when something, whether it be physically, sexually, or violent, and, and that was traumatizing in our childhood, or just emotionally traumatizing, because, of course, the nervous system retains trauma based off of the perspective of the individual. So if you were five or six years old, 
and something happened, even if it was just emotionally traumatizing mm-hmm. to you, it stays embedded in, in our body. And so this becomes an emotional landmine from our childhood that stays with us decades and decades until we intentionally find it, trigger it, and then resolve it. And then that allows the neurological integration in our brain. But when somebody hasn't resolved that, think about the whole body. If you're, you know, 45 years old, you have a lot of emotional landmines that have not been resolved. So if something triggers you, it sets off all of the emotional landmines that are relating to that. Think about something like anger. If it triggers anger, it triggers all of the emotional landmines having to do with anger. And then all of the neural networks in your brain that have to do with really angry memories, all those immediately get turned on. That's a neurological block because no longer are you 45 years old thinking clearly, being calm, resolving, let's say, it's an argument with a coworker. You're, you're regressed neurologically to a prior age, maybe six years old. You're acting like a child and you're thinking like a child, but you think you're acting like an adult and you're just angry because your coworker did something at work that pissed you off. That's actually not how the nervous system works. Mm-hmm. It triggers us in the present, but it brings up past issues. Those are the blocks that we got to get out of the way. Got it. Can you hear me? I don't like yes, this line. Yes, yes, we're getting in and out. <laughs> oh, ah, and your dog yeah, agrees. Got that. My dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's your dog's name? Her name's Millie. She's an Australian Shepherd. Wow, well, she must agree with what you had to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's guarding the door. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, you know what? Um, For the coaching and training and counseling, and you also work with businesses and companies, too. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that or stick with, uh, you know, the other routine of talking about more of the trauma-focused therapy that you do. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure we'll be kind of bouncing back and forth, but we we can really quick touch on the the trainings that I do. And then, of course, next, uh, the next show that we do, we can really focus a lot about the details. How about that? Can you that hear me? okay? Yes, yes, go ahead. Yeah. I'm not, I've, I apologize. I'm, I think you're having a hard time hearing me or something's not working, but um, I'm here. Um, wow. Um, I don't want to keep cutting you off <laughs> if you don't hear what I'm saying. Ooh. Now I don't even remember what I said. But, um, okay, uh, how did you finish off? I apologize. Now I forgot. No, no, you're Restart. fine. <laughs> we'll have a better connection next time, I'm sure. I um, hope so. Yes, if not, we'll I, do it through I the do. Zoom. <laughs> we'll wing it. Uh, so one of the things that I do for uh, for companies and corporations is I come in and in terms of the trainings, I provide trauma-focused training so that they can become trauma-informed leaders. And then their workforce can understand trauma at a different level so they can have trauma-informed customer service. What this looks like is, do you remember in COVID where we had a lot of news stories about people having to wear masks on airplanes that were freaking out and then the the airline attendants were having to struggle with those individuals in the airline? Can you repeat that? Serving with the airline? I I had trouble hearing you. No worries. Do you remember in COVID where they were talking about a, a lot on the news, there were issues with people not wanting to wear masks? On the airline? Mask. I d- that just didn't come across. Yes, of course. Uh, there was a big thing with that. Yes. Yeah. So when I was watching that on the news, because I know what trauma does, and I know how suffocating and, and how important oxygen is 
and then that freedom of not wearing something over your face. There's a lot of individuals when I was watching these news clips that I was thinking those stewardesses have no idea that that could be a panic attack because of a trauma. And so if these stewardesses were trained what customer service, when trauma-informed customer service looks like, they would have addressed those situations completely different. So if you take that same situation, whereas there is a lot of difficulties that leaders are having, having their their, uh, staff deal with these issues, but they are not trauma-informed leaders, they would have no idea how to guide them. You know, when we allow our, our traumas and our emotions to we need to hold space for them in the work environment, mm-hmm. things would be completely different. And I think those incidences would never, they, they wouldn't be broadcast the way that they are on the news because you'd be seeing a stewardess kneel down and talk to and soothe someone who's struggling with that, maybe encourage them to do some deep breathing or some mindfulness and really get to a, a, a point where the customer exited the plane but was soothed in a situation and encouraged to be able to do that deep breathing to let them stay in their seat. Mm-hmm. Because there's been times where, you know, that a lot of times doesn't happen. You don't have such people that are as compassionate as yourself or myself who would try to help someone in that situation, you know, which is a shame. That's why you see all these, yeah. these uh, news stories about, um, you know, uh, they're strapping down passengers who are unruly. Who, if there was someone there who could soothe them, talk to them, and calm them down, like you mentioned, mindfulness and yeah, it, it's we need more people like that to take the time to breathe, to think before we act, and to you know try to help support others. Um, you know, it's yeah, it's it's not an easy task, and you know I feel like we're getting better since the pandemic, but uh, still, I remember. Just even going to the supermarkets and the stores, how people were just so all for themselves and there was no, you know, generosity, no kindness anymore. And I felt everyone was just so, I get it, you know, scared. Um, But um, I hope humanity as a whole is working on that and just being, you know, your true self can help someone in need like this who's going through something. You never know what someone's going through, right? You got someone having road rage on the street and, you know, instead of reacting, you just smile, (laughs) you know, Um, we all go through it, but it's also how you handle it and learn the techniques to to handle. And you mentioned, um, we talked about uh, meditation and uh, mindfulness. I think that was probably last time. And when we hear the word mindfulness, I think it scares people. People are like, what does that mean? I got to remind myself to my mind. What is, <laughs> how do you tell someone in short, you know, how to be mindful? What's the simplest way to put it? That is a very good question because that's specifically what I teach in terms of trauma-informed leadership and trauma-informed customer service. A lot of it is about awareness. And in order to be aware, you have to be mindful. So you can't be trauma-informed when somebody is emotionally erratic and panicking if you have that neurological block and that emotional block that's being triggered yourself. So one, you have to work on your own issues. You have to bring awareness to you and work on them. But then in the moment, if you're mindful, you recognize when you're not fully present. Mm -hmm. Those of us who really practice mindfulness, we know what grounded feels like. We know what calm feels like. We know what clarity feels like. And the second something emotionally triggers us and we know that we're not on our game anymore, 
we need to excuse ourselves to go ground and come back. Because what happens is then we come back calm and clear, right? Yeah. So really quick, um, the best way that I can describe somebody who wants to practice mindfulness, once you've never heard of it, you don't know how to do it, but today you want to start. The best thing that you can do is focus for just a few minutes every single day, maybe a couple of times a day if you want to, on just one of your senses. You know, we have a few different senses, everything that you feel, hear, see, taste, and smell. And when you're only focusing on one of those senses, you're exercising sensory perception inside your brain, and it works like a muscle. If you do not practice that, your brain won't be capable of observing itself, not only on an everyday basis, but in the event of an emotional trigger. Got it. So that should help. Yeah, well, we are uh, just about out of time. we got a minute left. Again, running fast, but hope we got a lot more covered today. Uh, how did you kind of want to sum things up for today? Yes, we sure did. Except my, my mic is overstepping yours. <laughs> we'll get it next yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No worries. How can we reach out to you? How did you want to sum up for today? Yeah, um, so anybody who's a leader or an executive who has a history of trauma, or beliefs that they might due to the amount of stress that they have and they just want to kind of look at it and work on it or an individual who wants to be in leadership wants to get promoted to executive or wants to run their own business one day they can reach out my number is 204-235-9087 and my email address is restoringmindscs at gmail.com Perfect. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you, and thank you for being here. Also, we can find you, uh, you're on Instagram and Facebook as well Restoring uh, Minds Wellness is, but if they want to contact me and follow a lot of my content, it's definitely going to be on LinkedIn. Perfect. All right, LinkedIn, we'll look you up. Thank you again. Have a great day. And to our listeners, we'll be Thank right you, back with more. Thank you. Bye-bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council.